Hallelujah. Good job. Good job. Everybody doing well? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So good to be in the house of the Lord. A couple of things before we get into the Word. You know, it's just been real strong in me, especially this past week, probably more than ever, that um, we need to start pushing back. We need, as a body, to start pushing back. Because let me tell you, there is no natural end in sight for what we're going through right now. And we keep laying down and laying down and laying down and laying down and just taking everything that's been told to us as if it's God's Word. And i got to be honest with you, we got to start pushing back. If we don't start pushing back, where are we going to be in six months? This building was not built to be an online church. God did not have us go through the time, the prayer, the sowing, so that we could record services and broadcast all over the world. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? To live stream. Right now, we're going into homes. We're going into people's homes right now. What a blessing to get to do it. But that's not the primary purpose of the church. It is the body of Christ. And I don't watch parts of my body on TV. We're supposed to be together. We were made as believers. See, there's a synergy that we have when we come into this room together. Any time in weightlifting that I've ever broken or gotten a PR, a personal record, amen, in lifting something, I never got it alone. I never went in and got under a bench and lifted 800 pounds by myself alone. But if you put two or three people around me, all of a sudden it raised me up a little bit extra so that I could in turn get that PR. You know why? Because the rest of the team was right there. They were bringing their synergy to what they were doing. There's a synergy that's in this room. Amen? And so what? If you're going to wear a mask, by all means, wear a mask. But at least underneath that mask, curse this thing in the name of Jesus. If we're going to operate in all the things they're asking us to do, at least by faith, speak the word first. Before you hand sanitize, before you go into the restaurant, speak the word over that place first, then do the hand sanitizer. We have got to start pushing back. Now, this is an incredibly cruel disease. It is cruel, and for anybody to ever think that sickness comes from God, look at the cruelty of what this disease has done to people. My next-door neighbor, whom I love, walked over, Jack, my mother just died of COVID. She was in a nursing home. She was in an at-risk category. Broke his heart. I don't think I'm out of line to say, and Virgil, if you're watching online, you can correct me. Virgil's uncle just died, COVID-related. So I am not in any way, shape, or form downplaying the specific cruelty 
of what this virus has, but I do know that the power in the blood of Jesus and in the word of Jesus is still stronger than that virus. And the only way that we're going to eradicate it is we're going to have to begin to stand up as a body and speak against it. You're going to have to speak the word over it. Amen? We're going to use wisdom. We're not going to be foolish. Amen? I'm not looking for us to be radical or rebellious, but I am saying at some part in our hearts, we got to stand up and say enough is enough. Amen? You with me? Amen. Amen. Has nothing to do with what we want to talk about this morning. There's something, there's something, thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 So good to see the children. Amen. So good to see everybody. I think Miss Michelle is going to have a children's segment next Sunday for Father's Day. Our senior pastor, Pastor Jack R. Pigeon, is going to be bringing the word next Sunday. Amen. It's going to be amazing for Father's Day. But I feel in my heart, I, I want to do something real quick. And uh, Miss June, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I told you what I was going to do. Miss June Barone, uh, you know, I process the offerings that come in, and this, this came in the offering from Miss June. And it says, this is an offering seed of $500. I am believing for my hospital bill to be miraculously paid for. It's just under $5,000. So this is a first fruits offering. Spend it where you need it. Well, I thought, I got three kids in college. I think that'd be an amazing place. But I've been holding on to it and holding on to it and holding on to it and praying and praying and praying. And I finally think I know what I'm supposed to do with it this morning. Amen? Mr. Wright, would you join me? I believe, now everybody knows Mr. Wright, he's not just a bass player. Amen? Mr. Wright is a policeman. Amen? So what I feel impressed is, June, we're going to sow this $500 seed, and we're going to sow it into Mr. Wright. And do you mind if I lay my hands on you? Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I release the anointing of God upon William. I plead the blood of Jesus over him. I take authority over every assignment and every foul attack of the enemy against him. I break the power of every negative word that's been spoken to him, over him, behind his back. We break the power of this lawlessness that is rising up against this nation and against specifically against our police officers. So, Father, I pray a hedge of protection around him. There's a grace upon him to do what God has called him to do. God's gifted you with a special place in your heart that you know how to deal with hard situations, that God has revealed himself to you over and over and over and over. Every call is not a call, but it's a ministry opportunity for you. And Father, I thank you that this man, this man of God stands between me 
and the evil that's in this world. So, Father, I publicly honor this man. I bless this man. We sow seed into this man. We call him and Barbara blessed. Father, I thank you that this family will never want for anything, Lord. And we call it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Well, we're just talking about the love of God. Amen. Both things that I did have everything to do with the love of God. When I tell you to stand up, it's because of the love of God. Amen? It's not because I need the offerings to go up at the church or I don't like looking at empty seats, which I don't. It's because I love you. And because I love you, I've got to encourage you. We've got to stand up and we've got to push back. Why do we do that for William and for June? It's because we love them. I love June as much as I love William. Amen. And when God puts two things together like that, that's love. Amen. That's the love of God and the blessing of God in one place at one time. Amen. So we're talking about the love of God. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Thank you, Lord. Verse 34 and 35 says... I give you a new commandment, that you should love one another just as I have loved you, so you too should love one another. Amen? A new commandment. Jesus gave us a new commandment. He said, this is the new standard in which I want you to love. I want you to love others the way that I loved you. I am now going to give you something so that you can gauge your love for one another. Are you treating each other the same way that I treated you? Are you loving others the same way that I loved you? And all we would have to do is go back and look at how did Jesus treat his disciples? Was Jesus sarcastic with his disciples? Was he critical with his disciples? He corrected them though, didn't he? But he did it in love. Can you imagine with Peter be like, Peter, oh, yeah, right, Peter, that's exactly what we're going to do. Brilliant. Could you imagine Jesus being sarcastic? And he had every reason in the world to be sarcastic. He was perfect. Amen? So Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. I want you to love others the same way that I love you. John 15, 9 says, as the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Amen? Abide. We have to abide in his love. Abiding is not just coming to visit. When he says abide in my love, what he's saying is, is you have to live in this love. You're not going to be able to just come and visit this love on Sundays and on Tuesdays and have the kind of life and be able to deal with the kind of people that you're going to deal with. Listen to me. 
We are not raising you to be Christians on Sunday. We are raising you to be Christians on Monday. It takes no effort to be a believer in here. It takes no effort to be a Christian on a Sunday morning. You come in, everybody loves you. You know, if you have a need, it's going to be met. You know that you're going to have a kind word. You know, you can come, go. It doesn't really matter. There's no, there's no resistance in this room to being a believer this morning, is there? Has anybody been persecuted for your faith this morning? A couple of you are nodding. I want to know. No, I'm just kidding. We're not training you to be a believer just to come to church on a Sunday morning and a Tuesday night. What we're endeavoring to do, Pastor Michelle and myself, the Pigeons, the Williamsons, the Riggs, we're endeavoring for you've got to learn to be a believer on Monday, not on Sunday. It's easy to be in a room filled with people that love you and walk in love. It's very, very difficult to go out on a Monday morning in a place where no one loves you and no one um, knows who you are or loves you, and they start treating you spitefully or they start treating you as the world does. That's when we have to respond and react with the love of God. Amen? I have to learn to respond with the love of God. Yes, I can practice it in here, but it's Monday morning with my boss. It's Monday morning when I'm, when I'm having a little, I'm a little sideways with my wife. It's in traffic in Houston on a Monday morning. That's where I have to learn to practice love. Amen. When someone gives you the universal sign for displeasure on a, <laughs> amen, as they wave to you as they're going by. Amen. And you have to look at that person, and your first reaction is, is you want to speed up to them and respond in kind with the universal sign of dissatisfaction. But what we do is we decide we're going to walk in love. So you have to decide you're going to walk in love before you ever walk out of the house to go anywhere. You have to have, you had to have already made up your mind. If you have not made up your mind that you're going to walk in love and then you walk out of your house, you're going to be subject to whatever wave hits you. You had to have made up your decision. We have to get to the point where we say that I am going to walk in love irregardless if no one else does, period. If I'm the only person that's going to walk in love, I have to purpose in my heart that I'm going to walk in love. I love John 15 out of the passion. It says, I love you, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loved me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Listen to me. The day of the devotional Christian is over. It used to be we could get up, have a little devotional time with the Lord, amen, have 10 minutes with a cup of coffee, go over a devotional, get a little scripture, and go out the door. It is not enough You are not loading your gun enough for all the stuff that's going to try and come against you that day. Devotions are wonderful, amen? And don't get me wrong, we should do devotionals. But folks, if we are going to be nourished by his love, that means if I'm nourished, how many times do I eat a day? 12, 13, 14, (laughs) amen? I am constantly nourishing my body, Every hour or two, I'm putting some sort of a protein drink, some sort of a meal, some sort of food. I am constantly nourishing my body. I should be doing the same thing with the Word of God. I need to be constantly 
constantly, constantly listening to some faith-filled word, speaking the word, reading the word. Amen. Remember what we talked about? It was a couple of Tuesday nights ago. But if we don't fast the world, we're never going to walk in the kingdom of God. If we don't fast the world, and we all know what that means to each and every one of us, what it means to fast the world. See, what we're trying to do is we're trying to live out of two kingdoms at one time. I'm saying I'm a Christian on Sunday morning, but then I'm acting like I'm living in the world system Monday through Saturday. I'm saying I'm a believer on a Sunday morning, but I'm acting like a heathen on Monday. Well, I'm not a heathen pastor, I know, but when we act like it, when we don't have the character of Jesus Christ, Jesus was constantly nourished by the Father. How did he do it? He spent time with him all night long sometimes. Jesus would spend time in intimacy, in prayer with the Father. And because of that, everything that Jesus did, and get this, everything that Jesus said was full of love. Do you realize that every single word in red in your Bible is filled with love? He never had a cross word with anybody. And even when he corrected, even when he called the Pharisees vipers, he loved them. But he spoke the truth to them in love. Now, don't start calling everybody vipers just because they make you mad. Amen? But if you do it, you have to do it in love. Why are we so short with people? Why are we so critical with people? Why do we get so easily irritated and easily offended? It's because we don't have any love in us. I haven't been nourished enough through the word so that I now have the love to respond and react to people with love. And I just tell people, well, that's just the way that I am. That's how my family is. You know, if we don't get coffee first thing in the morning, we're the meanest people in the world. There is no excuse for us never to treat each other with love first. Doesn't mean we don't correct doesn't mean we can't speak what's on our minds, but it does mean that we don't get to treat people just any way that we want to. There's a very specific, get this, when it says in John 15, when he talks about, I'm the vine and you're the branches, amen, there's only one vine. There's not multiple vines. I don't go connect to my vine and you go connect to your vine. We all connect to the same vine. And get this, this is how this vine works. Well, let me set it up like this. Let's say that there's one king, we can all imagine, we can all say that God is king, amen? Amen, and we're all subjects to the king. He's the vine, we're the branches, right? How this kingdom works is that if I go and I don't treat another one of the subjects with love, that cuts me off from the king. It's not what I do to the king that gets me in trouble. It's what I do to the other subjects that will cut me off from the father, See, we all need to be nourished by the Father. Come on. We all need to spend time being nourished and being filled back up. The problem is, is that we're going out and we're trying to live this life and we're running at like 10% capacity. I have just enough love to get out of the door. Please, God, don't let me talk to anybody before I get to the office. Come on. The love that I'm talking about, abiding in this love, this is, this is the great quest. This is the journey. This is what it's all about. This is what our life's work is supposed to be. 
It's not the pursuit of finances. It's not the pursuit of love. I mean, the pursuit of a wife or a a husband. It's the pursuit of his love. That's our great quest. That's our journey. This is what it's all about. When I get up every day, I am looking for love in all the wrong place. No, no, no. Terrible song. Listen to me. If we don't love one another, it means we're cut off from the vine and there's only one vine. When I was a kid, how many of you remember in elementary school, they used to send home a piece of paper and it had all these little books and magazines you could order from? Do you remember that? It was so cool because you'd go home and you'd check off what you wanted. You'd get a book, you'd get a comic. And then all of a sudden, like two weeks later on that Friday, that stuff would come and the teacher would call your name. And they're like, Jack, here's your book and here's your, you know, whatever. It was so cool. And I remember getting a, a comic and I can't remember what the name of the comic is. It's not the Peanuts, but it was a school age children comic. It was small kids in elementary school. Can't remember what it is. So this had to be back in the 70s. But I remember specifically in this comic, this group of kids decided that they were going to be like this happy glad squad to all the kids in the school. So it shows them on this first day Monday, and this group of kids, they got a banner, they're excited, and they go to this first kid, and they're like, man, you're the greatest kid, we're excited that you're here, we just pump you up and fill you up, and you know, just they're great. Well, then it flashes to Friday. And the sign is kind of torn, and their clothes are kind of disheveled, and they're kind of worn out. And they get to that last person, they're like, yeah, you're great, you're wonderful. And I, and I felt like the Lord said, that's what we try and do on our own strength sometimes. You know, we start off, and I, I want to love, but I want to love the way that I know how to love. And when we try and love out of our own soul, out of our own strength, you are going to get tired. You are going to get worn down. You are going to get depleted. Why is that? Because there's no grace in you to do it. There's a grace that God puts in us to love one another. Amen? There's a grace. Say right now, there is a grace inside of me to love everyone. It's there. You're not waiting to get something so then you can love. I already have it. It's already in your heart. We just have to take the journey between the heart to the head. We have to renew ourselves constantly in the love of God. We have to make decisions from which there is no turning back. You have to draw a line in the sand. And you have to say that no matter what happens, I am not going to step out of love. I am not going to let you steal the love from me. Now listen to me. When you walk in a high revelation of love, people will notice it. And people will begin to want it from you. Don't, okay, be honest. How many people want to be around people that love them? If you're not raising your hand. Okay, how many of you really enjoy being around people that hate you? Thank you very, very much. None of us likes to spend our whole lives around people that hate us. I want to spend time around people that love us. Amen? People that walk in a high degree of love, they're, 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 they become more attractive. I want to be around that person. You know why? Because they're always encouraging me. Listen to me. Love never wants the spotlight. It never says, look at me. It's always trying to push others into it. I don't have to be in the spotlight. I want to, 
my true love says, I want to push someone else into it. Because when I push you into the spotlight, I get fulfilled. It is so much better. Listen to me. It is so much better to give than it is to receive. There is nothing more fulfilling in our lives than to be a blessing to give to somebody else. And let me be honest with you. When you give, don't put it on YouTube for the whole world to see. I watch people see, look, look at this wonderful charitable deed that I did. You know, I blessed this homeless person. I did this for this family. I bought this person a house. Great. The minute the first person watched the video, you lost your reward. We have to do what we do for God. We are, guess what? You ready? You, you want to, you want to, you ready to make a confession? Say this. I am an undercover billionaire. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shh, 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 shh. No, hey, no one needs to know. When that new car shows up in front of somebody's house, shh, shh, no one needs to know. Do I have to be out there and get a credit because of what, 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 you know? When new clothes show up at somebody's house, whoa, 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 whoa. I had a new suit show up this morning. I got blessed with a new suit. It blessed me because it was given to me in love. It blessed me. But the person that gave it didn't say, now, pastor, what I want to do is at some point in the service, I would like to present you with this suit. Let me, let me make sure both cameras are on. Let me make sure that we're live streaming. Can we do it towards the end when there's more people watching so that I can show everybody? No, no. They just said, you, you want this suit? Yeah. Okay. And it showed up today. That's love. Amen? That's the love of God. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. It's a love that sacrifices all. I cannot get away from Acts chapter 3 and 4 in the early church. This church that was so filled with with the love of God. And the only revelation they had was what the disciples got directly from Jesus. They didn't have Ephesians. They didn't have Galatians. They didn't have all these wonderful chapters that we do. They had what the disciples heard directly from Jesus, and they had the resurrection. Yet in that, their love for each other was so great that they could not bear to see someone in their congregation go without. The bare thought that there might be somebody in need in that congregation, stimulated those that had things in that congregation to sell them and give it to the disciples so they could distribute to the needs that the people needed it. The love of God was so big that things meant nothing to them. Folks, that's where we're heading. That's the love that we're moving into. We saw a little glimpse of it this morning. It's a love that lives to give. Amen. What's the world need right now? Love, sweet love. Amen? The world right now needs to see the body of Christ in all of its power, all of its glory, and all of its love. Amen? The, the world is waiting to see. Listen to me. The world could care less what we're doing. Sinners don't go boycott meetings. They just like it when we fall. Christians boycott meetings and protest. 
for theological differences. Sinners could care less. What the world is waiting to see is the body of Christ filled with love and walking in her power and doing what we've been created and called to do. Listen, and I was talking to my mom this morning. Jesus is coming soon. For some of us, that's wonderful. For others, not so much. Now's the time that we need to share. It's out of your love for your relatives, love for your coworkers, love for anybody that you come in contact with to tell them that Jesus is coming soon. Amen? We have to start telling people that he's coming soon. I want to get saved on this load. Trust me, I want to get saved on this side, on this load. I don't want to go on the second load. Amen. The first load, it's got all the stuff, all the benefits. Ephesians 5 chapter 2 says, And walk in love as Christ also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Let me read that again. And walk in love as Christ also loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. That sweet-smelling aroma means a healing balm, which means there is a healing virtue when we offer ourselves as a sacrifice of love. When you sacrifice in love, there's actually a healing element that you release. You have the ability through love to heal. Think about that for a second. When I lay down my life for someone else, when I lay down my life for you, when Michelle lays down her life for me, there is a healing virtue that goes along with it that can bring healing to both parties. When you love the unlovable, you can bring healing to that unlovable. We've said this before, that when you start practicing and walking in the love of God, what does God do? He sends somebody totally unlovable into your life. It's easy for me to love my family. It's easy for me to love you. But now I gotta hate this person. I gotta love this person who hates me. I have to practice my love on them. Every time they see me, I, I, I disgust them. But you want me to love them? They talk behind my back. They persecute me. They mock me. They hate me. Yeah, that's who I want you to practice your love. Look, you want to get big muscles? Just say yes. You want big muscles? You got to lift heavy weight. There's no way to get big muscles without lifting heavy weight. You want to grow big in love? You got to push some heavy weight. And that means you have to love the ones that despise you. You have, to, you have to love the ones. Romans last week when we were talking about Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we were talking about let your love be without hypocrisy. It's teaching us not just how to love Christians, but also how to love unbelievers. It's teaching us how to, how to love the world. I have to love my enemies. Let that settle in for a second. I have to love my enemies. I have to love the ones that spitefully use me. I have to pray for them. You want to break somebody? Pour kindness on somebody that's being cruel to you. It'll break them like a, you wouldn't believe. Because that's what it was designed to do. See, love 
covers a multitude of sins. Before I was saved, if you did something wrong to me, I would walk around with a spiritual rake and I would try and rake up everything that you ever did to me. I would rake you. This is what you did to me. You hurt me. This is how you did it. This is why. When I got saved, I put the rake down. Love, really, you have to be, dominant. You have to be blind and deaf. You just do. Amen? And trust me, what's, what was that line from the movie, love is never having to say I'm sorry, you're sorry? That's a lie. That'll get you shot. Amen? Don't ever do that. Love is always telling somebody you're sorry. I love you. I love you so much that I apologize for what I just did to you. Amen? Amen. Love covers a multitude of sins. Amen? Let your first action and your first act be love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray for a second. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. If you are struggling in this area, walking in the love of God, I'm just going to ask you to be brave and just raise your hand. Wave at me. Wave at me. Thank you, Lord. A lot of hands. A lot of hands. That's all right. Some of you have two hands up and a foot. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You can put your hand down. Amen. Well, the good news is, is you're not alone. Amen. The good news is, is that God knew that this was going to be an issue, and that's why he gave us his word. Amen. And what we have to do, like we do with any situation in our life, is we have to renew our minds to the love of God, and then we have to look for opportunities to practice this love. Amen. All love begins with forgiveness. God loved us so much that he forgave us. You cannot love and walk in unforgiveness at the same time. So the very first thing that we have to do if we're struggling with our love walk is we have to forgive. Now, the Lord gave me this this morning, okay? In 1 John... First John 1 John 1.7, it says, But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Verse 9, And if we confess our sins, he is just to forgive us. When we walk in the light, amen? If you're dealing with a sin, if you're dealing with unforgiveness, we have to bring it into the light. Now, does that mean that you have to go outside at 12 o'clock noon on the sunny day and then confess your sins so that you can bring them into the sunlight? You got to bring them into the light, right? I just got to take a flashlight and say, Lord, I'm dealing with lust in my heart. Let me take this flashlight and shine it on the word lust so that now I've brought that into the light. Is that going to fix it? What's he saying? Go back to Genesis 1.1. What's the first thing that God brought into the world? Jesus said, God said, let there be light. Now it's not till 14 verses later that he put a sun and a moon. So the very first thing that came into our atmosphere, the very first thing that earth had contact with was the light of his love. 
So when he tells us to bring our sins into the light, what he's saying is if you'll bring your sin into my light, I can produce forgiveness in that area. Listen to me. He already knows what you did. Are you surprised? He was right there with you when you did it. He was right there with you when you thought it. He was right there with you when you said it. He was already there. So it's not a matter of letting him know what you've done. It's a matter of bringing it into the light of the love of his forgiveness because only in that light can it be forgiven. We have to live in the light. It's very, very hard to be a believer and live and keep these parts in our hearts in the dark tucked away so no one will ever see it or ever know it, thinking that we're getting away with something. We're not getting away with anything. He already knows what's in our hearts. Amen? So if you're dealing with your love walk, the first thing I want to encourage you to do is you need to forgive. Well, pastor, I've forgiven 70 times. What's the Bible say? 70 times seven. Just keep forgiving them. You got to do it by faith. You got to lay that down. But, but what if I'm never going to get any conflict resolution with that person? That's okay. You can't change that person. Offense is like you drinking poison and hoping the other person gets sick. I got to forgive. Number two, if you're struggling in your love walk, are you spending enough time with God? Are you spending time letting him nourish your hearts? Are you letting him, are you actually taking enough time where you can get into that place where you can hear his voice? Devotionals are wonderful. I love it. They're great. I take a little word. I get a little nugget going, walk out the door. You can't live off of that. You can't live off a snack. You need a meal. And you have to, we have to train ourselves and discipline ourselves to take that kind of time, amen, to nourish in it. Thank you, Lord. Well, what a fun morning, huh? I had fun. Did you have fun? A lot of you look terrified this morning. You happy? Are you blessed? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Live in the light. Look at your neighbor, point to him and say, live in the light. Thank you, Lord. For those that are struggling with your love walk, can I just pray over you real quick before we end? Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood, Lord, over every person in this room. And Lord, if if we're dealing with unforgiveness, Lord, I ask you to forgive me where I've not forgiven Here's the cool thing about forgiveness is that unless we forgive others, the Bible says that God can't forgive us. Have you ever done something to somebody that you need forgiveness for? Amen. We all need forgiveness. So you need to release that person, whether they're alive or dead. Release them. Release them. Father, I just pray, God, I'm praying, Lord, for a spiritual hunger for this body. I am praying, Father, that each and every one of us, Lord, that there would be a change of appetite that we would desire the things of of God and not the things of the world. So, Father, show me, Father. Show me in my day, Lord, how to put you first place in everything that I do. Thank you, Lord. Okay, open your eyes and look at me.
Okay, this is really, really important, okay? Everybody looking at me? This is key. I love you. You have to know that you're loved. Amen? I love you. You're loved. You're accepted. I love you. I'm glad you're here. I love you, 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 you can be seated. Well, praise the Lord. Before we go, we want to take up our offering, but just due to the circumstances and in honor of you, we will just walk to the back and on your way out, if you feel so inclined, we'll just drop it into a bucket, kind of like they did in the time of Joash and Second Kings, where he said we needed to take up an offering and they built a little altar and, and a hole in the middle and they put it in the back. So it's biblical for us to do that during this time and not pass the bucket. But I just want to share with you something I thought was so awesome. When he was saying the first thing we need to do in love is to forgive. The Lord had me last night. He just said, look up the word giving. Well, it's very interesting to know that forgiving is giving a pardon. It's a giving a remittance, but giving, and I always tend to look at the, um, I'm just going to make sure I say it correctly. I always tend to look at the Webster, the original Webster from 1828, because he was a Christian and he loved God and he studied and he made our first American dictionary for us. Of course, we advanced it to this Miriam Webster one that you can get anywhere now, but this is what it says about giving and it's so sweet to me. Um, but first, when you read it, just know that I'm going to explain it because it's not going to sound sweet at first. It just says bestowing, conferring, imparting, granting, and delivering. So I asked the Lord to expand that. And this is what he said. Bestowing is conferring gratuitously. That means conversing out of your free will. Then I just explained what conferring is. Conferring is, no, it's conversing. That's what it means. Imparting means, I just want to make sure I say this right. So I'm going to look at something real quick. Imparting means communicating. And there's my tithe flying through the air. Praise the Lord. I figured if I tell you to tithe, I should do it. So now going back to those words, granting is admitting and delivering. Oh, this is so powerful to me. And I'll explain why is releasing, setting free, rescuing, saving, surrendering. Listen, giving is not something that we need you to do just so you can come to church. Although we're very grateful for air conditioning and lights. Thank you. We need to help the widows and the orphans. We need to help those in need in our community and those on the mission field that are giving their lives for Jesus Christ. We have things we want to do for God. But when you give, you're giving to God. And here's the thing. When you're giving, you are conversing with God. You are communicating with God. You are rescuing, setting free, and saving and releasing people when you give to God. That was really powerful to me that giving after you forgive and give someone pardon is the next most powerful thing you can do to love. It's an act of love to God to tell him, I'm conversing with you. Granting means admitting. So let me say it like this. I'm conversing with you, God. I'm communicating with you. I'm admitting that you're God and you gave so much. You loved us so much you gave your only begotten son. It says, the righteous give and do not spare. And he says, in, the, in Psalms 115, 14, it says, may he give to you and increase you more and more, you and your children. He wants to give and give and give to you. And he wants you to imitate him, converse with him, communicate, admit that he's God, rescue people, set people free, deliver people by giving. It's a powerful thing when you give.
thank you for your gifts and tithes today. If you're making out a check, you can write it out to WHCC or West Houston Christian Center on the seats in front of you. There are little pockets and we have envelopes. If you need to use them, you can fill that out so you can get credit for it and just put it in the bucket in the back. You can do so, especially if you have cash. Um, if you have a check, you can just put the check in. It's your choice. You can put it in the envelope, not put it in the envelope. For those of you giving online, I just want you to know that you can do so online by going to our website at westhoustonchristian.com. Sometimes I get the dots wrong. There's got all these dots, you know, .net, .org, .com. It's .com. WestHoustonChristian.com. And you can go into our menu and look up giving and just follow the steps. It's really easy and we appreciate you. And I'm going to pray over it quickly because that's most important. Lord, this is yours. We return it to you. The tithe, which is our tenth of everything you give to us, we return to you. And gives and offerings above it. We give to you because you're a good giving God and we imitate you. We love you and thank you for your gifts. As a church, we're your church. This is your church. And what you give us, we ask you to show us exactly how to distribute it, just as Pastor did today in one avenue. We ask you to show us exactly what it's for, for this is the people's gift to you. Thank you, Lord, that they are giving, that they are conversing, communicating, admitting you are God. They are rescuing, they are delivering, they are saving people. And we thank you for this opportunity to do good in imitation of you. Bless the people. Thank you, Lord, that they are blessed going out and blessed coming in. They are the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Everything, everything they touch prospers. Everywhere they put their foot is theirs. These are your promises. As they give, that you will not be mocked. It will be given back to them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Good word. Amen. Well, you can stand. We're going to dismiss. Just a quick announcement. Um, you know, we are continuing our live streaming and we're doing that on Tuesdays and uh, we're doing that on Sundays, but what we're going to start doing with the Tuesday night because of some staff changes and needing to free Jonathan up a little bit, we're going to continue doing the Tuesday night service, except I'm going to live stream it live on Tuesday nights at seven o'clock. So you want to come be a part of the audience when I do it, you are welcome to come. It's not an official service. There's no childcare. There's no youth anything along those lines, but I am going to be doing it live probably in here in the sanctuary uh, so I can go into your homes on Tuesday nights. Amen? That most likely will start in July, the first Tuesday in July. If we can get it hooked up a little bit sooner, we'll let you know. But um, just um, we're just looking ever-increasing ways to minister to you and to reach our, uh, our community. Amen?